Well, hello, COS supporters, and welcome back to another edition of COS Live. My name is Andrew Lush. I'm going to be your host for this episode. Uh, Rita will be back with us next week. She's doing some important family stuff right now. Uh, so we'll see her next week. Uh, let us know what state you are tuning in from. We'd love to hear for you uh, from you. Uh, drop us a comment below. While you're at it, uh, please send out a rumble, a retweet, a share, or uh, some other type of uh, message about tuning into this program. We need to get the message out about convention of states. That's one of our most powerful weapons is starting brush fires of liberty in the minds of patriots. So uh, we need to educate the people about this amazing weapon that the uh, founding fathers gave to us. It's the secret weapon in Article 5, secret weapon that is also peaceful, mind you, the peaceful solution to the problems that we have right now in Washington, D.C. And of course, I'm talking about an Article 5 convention of states. So we have a great show lined up for you. There's been some mind-boggling developments coming out of Wisconsin. As you probably know, Wisconsin was the 16th state to pass the COS resolution. Uh, we've seen a flurry of states pass our resolution this year. We're up to 19 right now. But uh, even though we've passed in several states, Wisconsin has hit a bit of a snag because the Secretary of State there has not submitted the our Article 5 application to Congress. And so this is a ministerial duty that the Secretary of State has to fulfill. And we're going to be talking with none other than the regional director, Catherine Zamanik, who is going to comment on why the Secretary of State has not fulfilled his duty. In fact, he's, uh, he's it's a dereliction of duty right now, as we will soon talk about. But before we get to that, of course, we have our Article 5 trivia giveaway with COS Vice President Mike Ruthenberg. And we also have, we have another COS field reports. But before that, let's go over to Mike Ruthenberg, who has our Article 5 trivia giveaway question. Mike, over to you. This might be kind of tough. I'm going to give you multiple choice questions. And if you are the one that picks the right answer, knows the right answer and it doesn't matter if you guess sometimes it's good to be lucky it's better to be lucky than to be smart especially if you want this no mouse in the house shirt and i i really like wearing this shirt we just got them they're they're on pre-order you can go to shopconventionstates.com right now and order one or you can try to win one from me but they'll be in the warehouse and shipping at the end of the week so they're already available for you to get the reason why i like wearing the no mouse in this house shirt is because it's true i'm not currently a big disney fan when i was a kid it was the greatest place on earth i'd go once a year we lived about an hour hour and a half from disneyland and it was fun now there's so much all the political activism that's happening in florida with disney a lot of the gender stuff that they're doing they're they're literally creating political narrative stuff i don't agree with stuff i'm not a big fan of which is why i like wearing this shirt because then it will stimulate the conversation which i think is so important for us to have the conversation not to call names but simply to talk about the things that are important so hopefully you'll want one of these shirts and you'll go to shopconventionstates.com and get one or you'll win it and i'm going to read that quote right now and then i'm going to ask which founding father said it it must Therefore, be evident to every candid man that two-thirds of the states can always procure a general convention for the purpose of amending the Constitution. 
and that three-fourths of them can introduce those amendments into the Constitution. Although the President, Senate, and Federal House of Representatives should be unanimously opposed to each and all of them. What a great quote. Which founding father said it? A, James Madison. B, Tench Cox. C, George Washington. Or D, George Mason. Pop that answer into the comments. Let's keep you guys talking during these incredible videos that you're about to see. I'll be back at the end to give you that answer. Back to you, Andrew. Thanks, Mike. Well, we have some great footage that we'd like to share from you. We have two videos, one from Georgia, one from Virginia, that demonstrate some of the amazing patriots that put on uh, great events during uh, our Independence Day. We're going to show you a few clips. And of course, this doesn't make up the entirety of all of the patriots who uh, put on events to celebrate July 4th. So we're going to show you a couple of those clips before we get going. coordinator for Convention of States Virginia. I'm in beautiful Aquacon Regional Park on Independence Day. Look at all the activity here, lots of people, lots of grassroots. We have the COS Virginia team behind me um, and we have a booth here to tell people how we can rein in the federal government. We're finding lots of patriots here at Independence Day. You know, this is a very big day, even for me personally, because it's my granddaughter's second birthday. And that's really important to me as part of the COS story. That's part of why I'm here. I want to preserve this heritage, this freedom to celebrate Independence Day and to live our lives in freedom for future generations. Take a look at the federal debt now. How is that going to work for our future generations if it keeps growing as it is? We are saddling our children and grandchildren with the tyranny of the federal debt that's exploding at the federal government from irresponsible politicians who do not care or listen to the people. That is what a convention of states is about, using Article 5 of the Constitution to propose amendments to the Constitution to rein in the tyranny in Washington, D.C. And that's what the volunteers behind me are doing. They are taking a few hours out of this exciting day um, from their family, and some are actually working with their family here at the booth to share with others about how they can become part of this, because it's going to take you and me and all of us together to make this happen. 
and we are growing in Virginia. We have over 70,000 uh, petition signer, uh, supporters for Convention of States. Did I hear someone say that they'd like to know how to get more involved? I'm glad you asked. Just go to conventionofstates.com and at the top, click the Take Action page. We have lots of volunteer positions. Choose one that most excites you, that uses your passion to help spread the news of Convention of States. Thanks and stay tuned. Joining us on today's program, we have none other than Catherine Zamanik, who is one of the regional directors that we have here at Convention of States Action. Uh, her states include Idaho, Iowa, Minnesota, Minnesota, Ohio, and the recently passed state of Wisconsin. Uh, Catherine, it's a pleasure to have you back on the program. It's been far too long since we had you join uh, our Facebook Live. Um, thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? Hi, Andrew. Thanks for having me. We're, we're doing great. Very busy in my region, as you can imagine, election stuff going on. And also, we've got an issue to talk about in Wisconsin today. Right. And that's why we're bringing you on, because uh, Wisconsin, like I just mentioned a moment ago, it's one of the past states. It passed earlier this year, uh, becoming the 16th state to join the Convention of States movement to uh, limit the size, scope, and jurisdiction of the federal government. But Wisconsin has kind of run into this very strange hurdle with the Secretary of State there in Wisconsin. So um, there, we're going to talk a little bit about that in just a moment. But we have a clip here because you and the team did a press conference last week, and we want to show that to the audience. So, and we want we would like you to comment and comment on it as well. So we have that queued up for you. We'll uh, play that, and then we'll get your reaction. Take a look. I'm going to do a little demonstration here of what we're asking the Secretary of State to do. Here's a letter. I'm going to try fold it. And I'm going to put it in an envelope. And these envelopes need to be addressed and stamped and forwarded on to the proper officials. That's it. We don't need any more technology than we have already. It's in place. The staff is in place. The Senator will tell you about all the assistance that her office has uh, offered to the Secretary of State if he needs it. But that is it. So it's time for the Sec Secretary of State. I believe he might have been in Africa for a good number of days, but he still has duties here at home that need to be taken care of. He constantly complains about not having enough job responsibilities, yet he can't be counted on to do the simple task of sending a letter. In the time between the original enrollment of AGR 9 and today, he has had time to sign 10 executive orders, and yet he will not answer repeated context about this particular matter. Secretary of State, time to step up and perform your task that you mm. do to do so. Well, that was the secretary, or that was our um, one of our champions, uh, Representative Knoodle, uh, and he was commenting on the Secretary of State there in Wisconsin, because the Secretary of State, as you know, has a ministerial task. They're supposed to submit uh, the application over to Congress, and the Secretary of State has not done that yet. And he and it's been months now, months, and it still has not been submitted to Congress. And um, he was demonstrating how it's a very simple process. This isn't something complicated. There aren't uh, elaborate steps that the Secretary uh, of State needs to take. Uh, so, can you just kind of fill us in? What exactly? Give us a little bit more context um, um, to to what's going on with this situation in Wisconsin, Catherine. Sure. So let me give you a timeline. I, I think. Uh, Understanding this timeline 
is important for the audience. On January 25th of this year, the resolution passed the Senate in Wisconsin. It had already passed the assembly and you just saw Representative Dan Canoto there from the assembly. He's our great sponsor there and a great champion of Article 5 in, in Wisconsin. So we want to thank Representative Canoto and also Secretary Kath, or excuse me, uh, Senator Kathy Vernier, who has been our sponsor and champion in the Senate in Wisconsin. Both of them have done tremendous work. So the 25th it passed, they were contacted, the Secretary of State was contacted immediately after that on, on the 27th of January. On February 9th, Senator Bernier reached out to him again to find out what the status was at that time. She heard nothing back from them. On March 22nd, it was officially deposited in his office. Still, the emails went uh, unanswered. On May 3rd, they again reached out to the Secretary of State in Wisconsin and got no response. So now we're looking at July 12th, and he still has not done what he's supposed to do. And I want to read something for your audience, because we have a lot of Convention of States folks out there uh, who are going to be watching this, and, and I want them to understand what the process is for the Secretary of State in each state, what they have to do. So this is how the resolution reads. The Secretary of State is hereby directed to transmit copies of this application to the President and Secretary of the United States Senate and to the Speaker and Clerk of the United States House of Representatives to transmit copies to the members of said Senate and House of Representatives from this state, and also to transmit copies hereof of the presiding officers of each of the legislative houses in the several states requesting their cooperation. All right, so what needs to be done has really, the um, process has already been done for him. They have given him the draft, They've given him the copies. They've addressed the envelopes. This stuff is ready to go. There's no reason why the Secretary of State of Wisconsin has not sent this stuff out to not only Congress, but also to the states. So it, it, it's really a dereliction of duty on his part. Yeah, and I, I like how you kind of outlined there. You, you, you spoke the plain language about the Secretary of State having to transmit this over to Congress, to the Senate, and to the House of Representatives. And Congress, as you know, and as many of our viewers know, they play a, very, a ministerial role when it comes to the process of Article 5. Uh, basically, what they are tasked with doing is receiving those applications, tallying them, and then when that two-thirds uh, threshold is met, is met, in this case, it'd be 34 states, they call the time and place of the convention, and that's it. There's no other role that Congress plays, despite uh, many people out there uh, throwing out myths about Congress controlling a convention. Their role is simply ministerial, and that is also the case with the Secretary, uh, the Secretary of State, uh, the Secretary General for Wisconsin as well. Um, so tell us what, what you just said. Mentioned that he has a dereliction of duty. Do you, do you have um, any, what, what reason could you come up with why this person is doing it? Or why do you think he's not fulfilling his duty? Um, why he's not fulfilling his duties? Well, they did 
have a reporter call him and apparently there was a phone interview with him. What I'm hearing on the ground from our team there, and by the way, you could see our team standing behind our sponsors in the press conference. They did a terrific job. But what I'm hearing is that he just really, one of the responses was, well, you're not even close to getting to 34 states, so what's the big hurry on this, right? And um, that's not his decision to make, obviously. His, he has a task in front of him, and he is denying the voters of Wisconsin um, their right to be heard because he refuses to send this resolution to, uh, to Washington, D.C. and to the other states. So. I can't get into his head. I don't know what he is thinking. I, I do know that perhaps he doesn't support this and he wants to hold it back for some reason. However, our, here, here's the thing that um, what the folks out there need to understand. These people are elected by us and they answer to us. And so it is really important to understand who your secretary of state is in your state to uh, make sure that when your resolution passes, the Secretary of State fulfills his or her duty to do that. And we're gonna make sure in Wisconsin, our team has done a terrific job. I wanna say thank you to Art Benhack, who is our state director there, and to Dave Serta, who's our legislative liaison in Wisconsin. They've both worked very, very hard to make sure that the Secretary of State and our sponsors are all working together on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and going back to that video of the press conference, it was great to see. Uh, it was great to see some of our convention of states champions, like Representative Knodel, uh, Representative uh, Bernier. But what's even better is seeing the convention of states volunteers in their COS gear right behind them, uh, because this process is driven by we the people. So uh, you kind of mentioned it a moment ago, talking about how we elect. Uh, the Secretary of State, we elect um, the representatives in Wisconsin, and we have a lot of power when it comes to our our votes that we cast. So can you just share with us why is it so important that we have volunteers involved in this organization and why is it so important that we uh, are actually involved in the political process as a grassroots organization? That's such a great, great question, Andrew. And, you know, a lot of people think that, well, you pass the resolution and the, the work is done, the job's done we can go away as volunteers. And the situation in Wisconsin is a perfect example of why no, our work isn't done. We have to keep the, the pressure on. It is our responsibility, if we believe in federalism, we have to hold these state officials accountable. And the only way that we can do that is through Article 5. It gives the power to the people. And, you know, it. this situation in Wisconsin is a perfect, perfect example of that. Article 5 is there for us. It's the power of we the people. And that's why it is so important to get to know your legislators and to know just who it, you are electing to these state offices. Hmm. So then what is next for the team? Um, will your team pursue any legal action against the Secretary of State if he does not submit the application to Congress? My understanding is Senator Bernier is going to be doing that. She's given him a deadline. I believe it's August 1st, um, could could be uh, August 2nd, 3rd, I'm not quite sure, but um, there is a deadline for him. They are going to pursue legal action if he doesn't get this filed 
properly in the official manner because you know we call ourselves uh number 16 but we're not number 16 until this is filed officially it's got to be done and we want it done in wisconsin immediately today if he hasn't done it already we want it done today so uh, the team is uh, you know the, they're they're of course we'll never give up on anything but they, they also have a lot of other things going on and um, i just want to share with with the viewers out there what uh this team in wisconsin is involved in recently they uh were chosen to uh, have a booth at the national american legion which is going to be in milwaukee so our team is going to be on the ground they'll still be collecting petitions they're getting surveys out to potential candidates uh they're just everywhere in wisconsin working to make sure that people understand the convention of states and article 5 and how the power lies with the people so i'm so proud of that wisconsin team they're doing a great job all right, Catherine. Well, before we let you go, would you mind giving giving us an update on some of the other states that you have, and just what what what's going on in the uh, in the rest of your region? Sure, it's been a very very busy summer. Some of the folks out there may know that the Ohio team was involved in uh, writing and and getting published the open letter to the states. If you haven't heard about it, you're going to hear more about that. I am so proud of the Ohio team. We're still very active in Ohio. They they want to be the next state to pass the resolution. And um, that team is mighty and they're out there working every single day. Uh, Iowa, we're excited. Uh, Mark Meckler will be in Iowa uh, this week to come to the, the family leader and to speak about convention of states there. So. Uh, a great opportunity. The Idaho team is on the ground and they're working in every corner of Idaho um, to make sure that um, next January, our resolution gets filed. And um, the Minnesota team is working, my gosh, their town halls continue and they're working with uh, legislators and candidates there. So I'm so, so proud of all of my teams in my region. All right. Well, before we head on out of here, uh, we're going to transition over to a full the full clip from Representative Dan Canodal that we're going to share with the audience. But thank you so much, Catherine. It's always a pleasure having you on the program. Um, please come back and join us again when uh, we have when when the Secretary of State does fulfill his duty and actually submits the application over to Congress. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you, Senator. Good morning. Uh, State Rep. Dan Knodel from the 24th Assembly District. And uh, as Senator Bernier mentioned, I did author AJR 9. And it has come to our attention uh, by the diligence of the Senator's office following the uh, inaction that has happened in the Secretary of State's office as far as moving this application uh, that the resolution is onto the proper officials uh, in D.C. and uh, around the country. So AJR 9 calls on Congress to hold a convention of states under Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution to impose fiscal restraints on the federal government. Article 5, as a state legislator, is one of the most important parts of our U.S. Constitution to a state legislator. It gives us great authority to call for this convention to get together as states to propose amendments to the U.S. Constitution. 
and as state legislators, we should be taking advantage of that authority all the time. AGR specifically states, the Secretary of State is hereby directed to transmit copies of this application to the President and Secretary of the United States Senate and to the Speaker and Clerk of the United States House of Representatives. To transmit copies to the members in, uh, in said Senate and House of Representatives from this state and also transmit copies hereof to the presiding officers of each of the legislative houses in the several states requesting their cooperation. I'm a strong supporter of Convention of States. It's why I authored AJR 9 in the first place. The federal debt is massive and it's growing every day. A balanced budget is not a radical thing to require of our federal government. We do it here on the state level. Furthermore, this resolution adds language restraining the power of the federal government to prevent the possibility of Washington passing along unfunded mandates to states to avoid addressing the true cost of their fiscal irresponsibility. And whether or not Secretary Follett, the Follett agrees with me, he was elected to do this job. We all take oaths of office and we need to perform those duties that we have taken an oath to do. The administrative task of mailing copies of this resolution is part of your job. If you don't want to do that, then you shouldn't run for office. I'm going to do a little demonstration here of what we're asking the Secretary of State to do. Here's a letter. I'm going to tri-fold it, and I'm going to put it in an envelope. And these envelopes need to be addressed and stamped and forwarded on to the proper officials. That's it. We don't need any more technology than we have already. It's in place. The staff is in place. The senator will tell you about all the assistance that her office has uh, offered to the Secretary of State if he needs it, but that is it. So it's time for the Sec Secretary of State. I believe he might have been in Africa for a good number of days, but he still has duties here at home that need to be taken care of. He constantly complains about not having enough job responsibilities, yet he can't be counted on to do the simple task of sending a letter. In the time between the original enrollment of AGR 9 and today, he has had time to sign 10 executive orders, and yet he will not answer repeated contacts about this particular matter. Secretary of State, time to step up and perform your task that you took an oath to do so. And with that, back to Senator Bernier. Thank you, uh, Representative Canodal. Um, as you um, may be aware, um, I was a county constitutional officer. I had ministerial duties and responsibilities as a constitutional officer, and the Secretary of State does as well. Now, when the county board passes a resolution or an ordinance, it directs the county clerk to publish them. It directs the county clerk to send out the resolution copies to other counties and or the legislative um, representatives that uh, are from that county. I didn't have the authority um, to decide for myself that I don't like the resolution the county board passed. The Secretary of State in the state of Wisconsin has no authority to say whether he likes or dislikes something and to shirk his duties. I have been monitoring this situation on AJR 9 um, as it was passed. I'm deeply disappointed in the Secretary of State and his inaction in fulfilling his legal 
obligations. As a county clerk, representative, and senator, I am well aware of the elected office's um, responsibilities. Secretary LaFollette is besmirching the name of his office with disregard for the law and contempt for his constituency. Other secretaries of state have been able to fulfill these duties. The Wisconsin Secretary of State successfully accomplished this feat in 1910, 11, 13, 1925, 29, 31, 43, and 1963. Within the past decade, the secretaries of the state of Southern, Calif um, Southern South Carolina, West Virginia, Nebraska, Missouri, Oklahoma, Mississippi, Alabama, Indiana, Florida, Tennessee, Illinois, California, Louisiana, Vermont, Michigan, Georgia, Ohio, and New Hampshire have all been able to accomplish this task. January 27th, AGR was reported correctly enrolled. February 9th, I sent an unanswered email inquiring on the status of AJR 9. On March 11th, I sent you another unanswered email, Secretary LaFollette, informing you that no one is answering your phones and there is no voicemail option. On March 22nd, AJR 9 was reported deposited in the office of the Secretary of State. April, my office received a call requesting advice on how the letter to address and send the 113 letters required by AJR, AJR 9. A staffer cited lack of resources as to why this has not been accomplished. On May 3rd, my office wrote a sample letter for you, found, a form, found and formatted the 113 addresses that the letter must be sent to and offered to assist you in mailing those letters. On May 25th, I sent you a follow-up email asking whether the letters have been sent. No response. On June 21st, I sent you another follow-up email asking whether the letters have been sent. No response. Today, I'm writing an official and final letter calling on you to do your job. I am announcing this letter in hopes that some enterprising member of the media can investigate what other legal responsibilities you have left unfilled. The apostilles that you are supposed to provide the constituents of this state wait unfulfilled. We happen to know that because we've heard some complaints. I conclude the letter, I conclude the letter by stating this is your final chance to inform the people of Wisconsin through their elected representatives that you have actually done your job. My next step will be pursue legal action to force you to do the job you are paid by the citizens of the state of Wisconsin. This session is coming to a close. You need to do your job that the legislature has requested you to do. With that, uh, we'll take any questions um, that you may have uh, for either of us, or any of us, actually. It takes 34 states uh, to have a convention of states. It's never happened before in history. I guess, what's the real impact of sending this or not? It is our constitutional authority and responsibility by Article 5 set out in our, in our um, Constitution. 
And so whether it, we will reach the 34 um, is not for him to question, nor for you, actually. Um, it is our, our responsibility as a legislator to um, follow our constitutional um, provisions, and we did that, and he needs to do his. The effort is growing throughout the country as well. These people behind me are part of a grassroots uh, campaign convention of states uh, who are operating in all states, I'm sure, yes. and uh, are making a big yes. effort. So we are seeing a growing number of, we're at 20-ish? 20 20-ish. 20 yes. Right now. So uh, I believe that this is going to happen, and we're going to get to that number, and as states recognize the authority that we has been given to us through the U.S. Constitution, that we need to exercise that authority. Right. And we're going to see more state legislatures do so, and we'll get to that number. Could you talk about the potential legal action when it pertains to what, what you would ask for and how serious you are and how that would be? Yeah, we've already contacted our legal counsel in the Senate, and we are very serious about it. Um, you know, he's on the ballot. Um, he has a primary. Um, he also has a couple of opponents on the, um, on the Republican side. You know, uh, Doug LaFollette, I think because of his name, has like coasted under the radar for most people. You know, name recognition is a big deal when you're elected. Um, I like to think that I have great name recognition, and if I ran again, I'd be elected, and some people would vote for me because they know the name. But the fact of the matter is, is they have been uninformed about this man who does not show up for work. That his duties, statutory responsibilities, and his office is to be open for full and free access by the public at any time to come in and inspect documents. You, his office is not open most of the time. He's not in his office most of the time. So and, would it be about AJR 9 specifically, or would it be broader? Well, it has to be AJR 9 specific, um, and, and his duties to... Um, to um, sign and seal those documents and send them to to Congress. Is there a certain threshold that you're waiting for, you know, after this press conference, one, two weeks, and then seek legal action? I think we, we picked a date, um, August 1st. He's got until August 1st to get his job done, and then we'll start legal action against him. All right, well, stay tuned for more updates in regards to Wisconsin. Now let's go to Mike Ruthenberg, who has our Article 5 trivia answer. Mike, over to you. And I'm here to give you the answer to our trivia question right now. And the first part, the question, of course, was a quote by one of our founding fathers. So the real question is, which founding father said it. And the quote is, it must therefore be evident to every candid man that two thirds of the states can always procure a general convention for the purpose of amending the constitution. And that three fourths of them can introduce those amendments into the constitution. Although the president, Senate and federal house of representatives should be unanimously opposed to each and all of them. In other words, the swamp can't stop it. The founding father that said it, Tench Cox. And he said under Article 5 of the Constitution, the states can propose and ratify amendments, even the entire federal government. And by the way, Tench Cox was B in case you forgot that. 
certainly that would be true for things like term limits, fiscal restraints, limits on the federal power today. Gosh, what a coincidence that we happen to be promoting and getting passed so far in 19 states a resolution that approaches all of those things. And that's why our founding fathers um, gave us that plan to make a convention of states happen to propose and ratify amendments, in this case, on those three topics. And if you're wondering, Tench Cox was an American economist, a writer. He served as a delegate for the or to Pennsylvania, for Pennsylvania, to the Continental Congress, and a leading proponent, proponent of the Constitution as a Federalist. Again, if you like, if you won this shirt, congratulations. If you want to get one to stimulate that con conversation about some of the things that Disney's not doing so well, go to shopconventionestates.com and grab one. Soon enough, you'll be able to get one of these cool hats, but not quite yet. Thanks, Mike. Well, we do this show every week because we believe in America. We believe in a bigger and brighter future for the United States. We love the United States, but we do not love what the swamp monsters in Washington, D.C. are doing to, uh, to this special country. The founding fathers, they knew that, this, this, that we might be in this situation. They knew that we might see runaway debt, career politicians who focus more on controlling, the, controlling their power and retaining the, their power than abiding by the wishes of we the people. They knew that they, we might see a federal government that went beyond the scope of its authority outlined in the Constitution. They were so brilliant and they gave us a failsafe. They gave us Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution. It allows us, we the people, to organize in the states to call a convention to propose amendments to limit the federal government. This is a power that has been giving, given to you, to we the people. So we are asking you to get in the fight for liberty. It's one thing to be a mere voter, but we want to turn you into a citizen activist. So please visit our Take Action page. Go to uh, conventionofstates.com forward slash action, and you can see all of the amazing volunteer roles that we have at Convention of States. We are going to take any talent that you have. We will give you training, and we will help use you to further the cause of liberty right in your community. So go again, go to the Take Action page to view all of the volunteer roles that we have. Uh, make sure to follow us on Rumble, MeWe, Facebook, Twitter, Parler, YouTube, Instagram, Getter, and TikTok. You can listen to this program and other historic legacy content on our podcast. Just search Convention of States wherever you podcast from. If you'd like to stay in the know when it comes to important Convention of States messages, uh, you can text START to 54555. Again, that's START to 54555. Check out the battle cry with COS president and co-founder Mark Meckler. It's on every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see you next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time for another edition of COS Live. Remember, politics is not just a spectator sport. If you really want to get involved in this fight, if you want to see a new era of liberty, you have to get in the arena. You have to get in this fight. All right, well, we'll see you next week. Bye. I just couldn't sit by anymore and do nothing. I always said I hated politics, but I found out that you can't really change things if you don't get involved. What we're looking for is somebody that uh, has the heart and wants to help save their country.